Today, as we continue examining the behavior and attitudes of the members of the body of Christ, we learn that what we say can grieve the Holy Spirit. So open your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32, and join us for Don't Grieve the Holy Spirit, today on Drawing Near. Before we begin, join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for having a Lord's Day yesterday, a blessed time with the body of Christ. And I pray, Father, that as we move into this first day of the week, at the time that this is being produced, I pray, Father, that we will take all that you have taught us and use it to glorify you. Help us not to just be one-day worshipers, but to worship you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you would give us understanding and discernment, not just with regards to what we study today, but all truth. For we've already learned that the truth is in Jesus. So help us to follow him, to walk with him, to walk in the Spirit, and help us to honor you and glorify you in all that we do. We are so thankful for all of your grace, mercy, and love expressed toward us. Now guide us in our study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, we read, You must let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for the building up of the one in need, that it would give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You must put away all bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, and slanderous talk, indeed all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. As we finish these last four verses in Ephesians 4, we have some very basic foundational truths that we are looking at. We start out in verse 29. You must let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. In this translation, the emphasis on the singular, no unwholesome word rather than words, is really pointed. It's not that we shouldn't just have an unwholesome conversation, but every word out of our mouth ought to be wholesome. The idea of wholesome is acceptable to God, beneficial, productive. In other words, our speech is to be closely guarded. And we know from the letter of James, that's a very difficult thing to do. But that's what the body of Christ and each individual member of the body of Christ is called upon to do by the Lord Jesus Christ. You must let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Okay, so what does come out of our mouth? Only what is beneficial for the building up of the one in need. In other words, no word is to come out of our mouth that tears down. The words that come out of our mouth must only build up the one in need. So all of a sudden, our words become ministers, servants, to other individuals like our other spiritual gifts, 
And we are to build up, strengthen the individual who is listening, the individual in need. It might be a good practice, but before we speak, to take a moment and say, do I need to say anything at all? Does the person I'm talking to have need? Are they in need of being built up? Oftentimes, we get in trouble simply because we talk too much. Now, we know that those words come out of our heart. And if the heart is bitter, if the heart is tainted, then everything that proceeds out of the heart will be tainted as well. But this is the expression of what is in the heart. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for the building up of the one in need. Then Paul continues, that it would give grace to those who hear. So rather than a spiteful, hurtful, cutting tool, our tongue, our mouth, is to be an instrument of grace to those who hear, an instrument of giving them what they do not deserve. That's what God does with us. He is gracious toward us. He gives us what we don't deserve. The other individual, and I think the idea of grace here is really important, the other individual may not deserve our kind words, our encouraging words. But this isn't based on what they deserve. It's based on what they need. And it's based on the Holy Spirit within us. We need to allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God to so indwell our hearts and lives that our very mouths, our tongues, become instruments of grace in the building up of the one who hears. That's a huge responsibility. And for all of those out there who say, oh, I don't have anything that I can really contribute to the body, or what I bring to church isn't that big of a deal, listen, this is huge. Stop the unwholesome word, become gracious in your speech, building one another up. Then right on the heels of that, in verse 30, we're told, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Our words can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What we say, how we say it, our recklessness, our indifference in our words, it can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We may not think that's very important, but the Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within us, indwelling us, and we are not to grieve him as he travels around with us and is a part, or should be, of all of our conversations. We need to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. We may think that it feels good to just bust out with whatever we want with our words. We need to be careful how we use that sharp, scalpel-like instrument called our tongue. We need to be mindful not only not to hurt the people that we're talking to, but we are not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God as well. The idea that no one really is hurt by our words is ridiculously false. And we're reminded in verse 30 that it is the Holy Spirit by whom we are sealed for the day of redemption. He is our seal and our guarantee. And when Jesus Christ returns and resurrects the dead, 
catches away those who are alive. It is the Holy Spirit sealing us, indwelling us, that authenticates our Christian experience, our salvation. And we need not grieve this gift of God in our hearts and lives, who is here to comfort and counsel, correct, teach, help us in our praying, and seal us for the day of redemption. We need to be mindful of his presence. Well, in verse 31, we're told, you must, there's that word again. Verse 29 starts out with you must. Verse 31, you must. You must put away. We've already talked about putting away the old man, putting off the old deeds, putting on the new. You must put away all bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, and slanderous talk, indeed all malice. In other words, these are the things that corrupt the heart from which these unwholesome words flow. We are not to be bitter people. We're not to be people who live in anger. We need to deal with our anger quickly. We need to not want to express our anger in outbursts of wrath. We need to quit arguing and quarreling and bickering with people, trying to prove our point and get our way. We need to not slander people with our speech, backbite, run down. All malice toward other people must be put away. We need to examine our hearts. We need to judge ourselves that we be not judged, according to 1 Corinthians. Verse 32, but rather instead of these things, put off these things, instead be kind to one another. How often is that mentioned in the scriptures that we're to be kind, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? And yet, when we try to counsel somebody, that seems to be such a soft correction. Just be kind. And here it is, Ephesians chapter 4, one of the most significant chapters in all of Paul's writings. And at the end of the chapter, he's telling us, instead of doing all these things that are natural in the flesh, be kind to one another. Be compassionate. Look at the other person and understand their circumstance. Have compassion on them. Have pity, mercy on them like God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have compassion, mercy, and pity on us. Forgiving one another. There's that idea of giving grace. They may not be deserving of your gracious words that build up. They may be guilty of causing you harm, of sinning against you. But we're to be kind and compassionate and forgive, just as God in Christ also forgave you. I think we ought to pause and understand for a second that he doesn't say, forgive the other person. He says, forgiving one another, because we will be, we are in need of being forgiven from time to time. We don't only speak this way because the other person needs it. Speaking this way helps us, but we also need the other person from time to time to speak to us and build us up and show us grace. We need the other person to forgive us from time to time. And we're reminded, just as God in Christ also forgave you. That's important in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just the fact that God has forgiven us in Christ. Jesus taught, as he shared with us the model prayer, 
that if we do not forgive others, we will not be forgiven. He teaches in a parable that the person who is forgiven much by the Lord and then goes out and doesn't forgive others who has sinned against them just a little, that person can't hope to be forgiven by God. Forgiveness is not optional. If we have experienced it from God through Jesus, then we are under compulsion. We are obligated to forgive others when they sin against us. To not forgive is not to appreciate the magnitude of God's gracious forgiveness toward us. So, we need to be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Let's not forget this whole passage in verse 29 starts out with, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. That gives us a lot to focus on today, doesn't it? How many words are we going to say today? How many of them are going to be casual, careless? No thought behind them. Just fleshly impulse, reaction. We need to slow down. We need to be deliberate. We need to hear these words over and over and over again. At least, I certainly do. Father in heaven, I pray that we would not use our tongues with reckless indifference, nor would we use our tongues to cause deliberate harm to other people. Help us, Father, to be conscious of our words, of the attitudes of our heart. Help us to deal with the bitterness, the anger, the wrath, the quarreling, the slanderous talk, malice. Help us to have compassion, to be forgiving people, to be humbled so much by your forgiving us that we are naturally forgiving to others. People of grace, having received Now we extend. O Lord, work in our hearts. Work in our lives. Help us to put off. Help us to put on. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Make us always conscious of his presence within us. Remind us not to grieve him. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for being within us. We thank you for your ministry to us. And we ask that you forgive us when we fail you, when we disregard you. Lord, may we be gracious servants with our tongues today and every day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.